0: 28-year-old German tourist Lars Mittank was last seen running through Varna Airport in Bulgaria in July 2014. Security CCTV shows him exiting the airport, pausing momentarily outside of it as though deciding what to do, before then speeding off on foot away from the airport. He'd been inside the airport in a doctor's office when he suddenly, inexplicably and with no prior warning got up from his chair and rushed from the doctor's consultation room leaving behind his backpack and all other personal belongings he ran through the airport corridor and lobby before fleeing once outside running to the left of the airport climbing a fence and disappearing into a small wooded area after that It's as though he simply vanished off the face of the earth. Eighteen months later, in early December 2016, his family thought they had found him. A man had turned up at a hospital in Porto Velo, Brazil, and he looked very much like the missing young German man. A photo taken of him, when seen by the missing man's mother, led her to believe that they could have finally found their missing boy. His family were ready to fly to Brazil to be reunited with him, but first they had to make sure, of course, that it definitely was their son. And sadly, though thorough scrutiny of the photos, they realised that to their unspeakable disappointment, it was not him. One good thing did come out of it, in that this other missing man was able to be reunited with his own family. This other young man had been on the run after fleeing from America because of fears of what would happen to him when he showed up in court to face assault charges. His court hearing had been five years ago, and he'd been on the run ever since, having hitched all the way to Brazil. He suffered in the past from schizophrenia, and he had been out of contact with his very concerned family. His brother flew out to be reunited with him and bringing him back home where they would take care of him. For the missing German man's family, however, although at least this gave them hope by showing them that somebody really could vanish for a number of years and be completely off the radar yet still be alive, even if the family could not understand how they could have simply disappeared, there was now hope Hope that there could be a happy ending for them, and yet still there was no word from their son. A few months after the German man, Lars, had disappeared from outside the airport, the lo- local news coverage, recovering the story again, resulted in the discovery of another false hope, when a person who, f- who was found again, who looked startlingly like Lars, but again turned out not to be him. In this case, however, the young man was Polish. Although he spoke German, but again there was a positive outcome of sorts because this other young man had been found in the nick of time. He'd been intending to commit suicide and the attention given to him led him to being returned to his family and to not killing himself. So again, in this case, it may even have saved the young man's life but to the story now of Lars himself. Before his inexplicable disappearance into the woods beside the airport, he checked into a hostel in the resort town, popular with both German and British tourists, while his friends flew home without him. He is believed, according to his friends, to have told them to go on ahead of him on their scheduled flight while he stayed behind. He had good reason to stay behind as it's suggested by his family and his friends that he had been advised not to fly. The reason for this was that he had got into a fight with rival football supporters on a previous night at the tourist resort and he'd been told by a doctor that he should not fly with the injury that he'd incurred. His eardrum had been perforated and he had been given antibiotics and told to finish the doses before flying home. So his friends had taken their scheduled flight home, and he had checked into a motel alone. As soon as he got to the motel, however, it appears that he became uncomfortable in his surroundings. He phoned his mother in the early hours of the morning, telling her to cancel his credit cards, and said that he believed a group of four men were after him. He told his mother he did not feel safe at the hostel and that he had left. The next morning he arrived at the airport and he went to see a doctor there. It's believed, according to the airport doctor, that he was seeking permission to get a flight out of there. It was during this appointment, however, that he suddenly stood up and bolted from the room leaving behind his rucksack, phone, passport and bank cards. He ran through the airport terminal, exited and fled into some tiny woods after scaling a fence. Despite a €40,000 reward for the information to find him, no trace yet has been found. What caused him to do what he did? His time in Bulgaria had begun as a boy's holiday, with a group of his friends in a relatively cheap beach resort, popular with Brits and Germans. All was going well, and they'd been having a great time, although it was later said by his friends that Lars didn't eat much during the holiday, but perhaps this is nothing of significance, given the heat of the summer. There was a brawl, however. It seemed that Lars found himself in the midst of an argument with a rival football fan. Lars supported Werder Bremen, while the other football fanatics supported Bayern Munich. During this altercation, he suffered the injury to his ear. The doctor he saw prescribed him the antibiotic Seferixim 500 and advised him that it was not recommended at all to attempt to fly while having this injury. When he checked into the motel after his friends left, he asked his mother in a phone call about what the antibiotics he was taking were. It appears that the antibiotic is a standard one, used often to treat bacteria infections and such things as sinus infections and bronchitis, as well as urinary tract infections. In cases of a perforated eardrum, it's used to prevent infections developing Side effects can include dizziness or vertigo, weakness in facial muscles, nausea, vomiting, stomach ache, diarrhoea, muscle pain, drowsiness, headaches, restlessness and hyperactivity. The most logical explanation put forward for his sudden dash out of the doctor's office and out of the terminal then is that antibiotics that he was taking had an adverse effect on him to such an extent that they'd induced a state of restlessness and hyperactivity. This, however, on its own, doesn't explain a complete absence of logic and ability to make rational decisions. Well, Later, his family would say that there was also no prior history of any irrational behaviour, not any mental illness. Strangely, Some reports suggest that Lars had said to his mother in a phone call, after checking into the hostel on his own, that four men were following him and had asked him what the pills he had were. It gets stranger when his friends later said that he had told them Russian football fans had paid the man who had beaten him up over an argument about football. His friends were not completely convinced of the validity of what he had said had happened. They didn't dispute that a fight had occurred, but they weren't quite sure that the version of a man being paid to fight their friend was entirely correct. The strange case of the entire episode, from the boy's arrival on holiday to the bizarre and sudden disappearance of Lars, has been covered since very extensively in the Bulgarian and German media since that time. Of course, most of what has been discussed has been done so in German or Bulgarian, and far less so in English. But what can be gleaned appear to be some very important facts. That he fled from the airport cannot be disputed, given that it was captured in real time on CCTV camera. He is seen entering the airport terminal and walking calmly into the airport, alone carrying a bag over his shoulder He is not appearing to be in any way distressed or upset at this point A young woman walks past him approaching him and after passing him she turns and gestures with her hand as though she has said something to him He's turned around to look toward her as she walks further away from him. What was said between them has never been determined, or even if indeed she was talking to him as she passed him by. She could have been gesturing to someone else, somewhere behind him, for all we know. But perhaps there is something in this that remains to be uncovered. The next time he's seen on CCTV, he is running, the way he came, having fled from the doctor's office in the airport, leaving all his possessions behind. He's running fast. As he exits the airport, he slows, pausing momentarily, and then takes off again. He's not running at all, at full pelt at this time, but he is still running, and he veers leftwards, away from the terminal, and then disappears from camera. It's known that after this... He ran towards a small wood, separated by a fence, and climbed over that fence to get into the small wooded area. Well, When the boys' holiday began, they spent time at the beach and in the bars. The World Cup was on, and one night they went to a bar to watch the game between Holland and Costa Rica. After it ended, his two friends said that they were hungry, and they all went to McDonald's. But Lars said he didn't want to go in and eat, and for a while he waited outside for them. But then he took off. His friends assumed he must have gone back to the hotel. They didn't see him again until the next morning, when he told them that he'd been in a fight the night before, after Bayern Munich fans had paid some Russian men to beat him up. He said he'd been punched on the ear and that now it hurt bad. As the days progressed, he began to complain that his hearing was bad in the injured ear. He took himself off to see a doctor about it, and it was this doctor that told him the injury needed to be treated and advised him that he should not fly the next day, but should wait until it had healed. And he prescribed him the antibiotics to treat the infection his ear had developed. Well, although it seems that his friends offered to stay in the resort with him, he told them to go ahead and get the flight they were already booked on and that he would stay in the resort on his own until the ear infection cleared up and he got the all-clear to fly. After his friends took their flight home, he moved from the hotel to the hostel as he hadn't booked any accommodation any longer at the hotel so he found a cheaper place to stay. But almost as soon as he arrived, at the hostel, according to his mother, something about the place didn't vibe with him. By the middle of that night, he'd phoned his mother to tell her his concerns. He told her that there was something weird about the hostel. He too sounded weird to his mother. Something was off, not right. He asked her to cancel his bank cards. He said he thought his bank cards might have been tampered with. When he called her, he had gone out of the hostel, and he said that he was hiding and that he had to whisper. He said they were following him, four men, who had asked him what was in the tablets he was taking. Not long after this, a taxi driver drove him to the airport. Once at the airport... As soon as he could, early that morning, he called his mother again and she advised him to see the doctor at the airport. He was trying to get the all-clear to get on a flight and get out of there. It's thought that his mother had already purchased a flight for him so that he could leave that morning. When the doctor at the airport was interviewed, he said that the young man had appeared anxious and that he was acting odd. He said he couldn't understand what the young man was saying, although, of course, there would have been a bit of a language barrier. The doctor added that an airport worker, thought to have been a maintenance man, knocked on the doctor's door and entered to ask him something. It was at this point that Lars became very anxious and was saying things the doctor could not comprehend. He speculated that he got the impression Lars may have recognised the airport worker for some reason. Lars left his seat quickly and fled the room in a panic. He ran from the doctor's practice, out into the corridor at speed. Who was the airport worker? Well, apparently, as far as can be ascertained in reports, he's not been identified. The doctor said an airport worker had entered his room. But why would an airport worker... "'need access to the doctor's room, "'particularly when he was seeing a patient. "'Was there even an airport worker? "'If he has not been identified, "'how do we know there was one? "'And yet, why would a doctor make something like that up? "'Well, why did Lars flee the room in a panic? "'Did he receive a phone call, a text on his phone? "'Was someone threatening that he must meet them or go somewhere, "'or else something bad would happen? "'But if so... Wouldn't the doctor have noticed him on his phone or looking at his phone during the consultation? Many will say that the medication he was taking had caused him to become confused and irrational. It is a possibility, but it's also a rare possibility. The side effects from taking any antibiotics can be an array of different symptoms, from a nausea to sore throats, dizziness and headaches. Very, very rare side effects could include confusion, according to the labels and the warnings on these medications. But when reading these warnings, the possibilities are thousands upon thousands to one. He'd been out in the sun during the resort holiday. He hadn't been eating very much. Um, He'd been drinking, so perhaps this combined with the medication had had caused some kind of neurosis to set in. Um, A sudden psychotic break, perhaps, or even totally unrelated to the antibiotics, um, causing him paranoia, ideas that men were following him. And yet his friends were not convinced when he told them that football fans had paid Russians to beat him up. And there was this event prior to him taking the antibiotics. Some have offered the opinion that, given that he paused, slowing down as he ran out of the exit doors of the airport that he was deciding which way to go in order to evade the outside CCTV cameras. If indeed this was the plan then, although it could indicate that he was paranoid, it would also indicate that he had the ability to think constructively and act accordingly, which would then lesser the argument for him being in a state of psychosis. Was there any way he could have been on drugs, voluntarily, or even involuntarily. His friends and family said he'd never touched drugs, not to their knowledge. Had he perhaps taken drugs the previous day, and now suddenly panicked that the doctor might detect this? That the doctor might report him and prevent him from getting on a plane? His family don't think that this is a very likely answer, even though the tourist spot is said to be a place in which recreational drugs are easily and cheaply purchased. But that doesn't, of course, mean that he took any. If he did, however, such drugs like amphetamine can last for days and will suppress a person's appetite. If he had taken or been slipped some drugs, was he suddenly worried that the doctor was going to drug test him? And yet, the way he fled it was more as though he was in fear of his life what would scare him so badly that he would not head straight to the police at the airport for help or was it a problem so bad he feared they would not be able to protect him was he a stranger in a strange land and what did he know The biggest mystery, of course, is where did he go once he entered the woods? On Google Maps, it's a tiny spot, and running through, it would take you to a highway. When the police became involved in the search for him, they found no trace of him in the woods, and tracker dogs couldn't determine where he'd gone. Had he hitched a ride out of there? If so, wouldn't the dogs have tracked his scent to the highway? He'd left his personal belongings in the airport, in the doctor's office, so his scent would have been on those clothes. If we consider the football topic for a moment, it was the World Cup. Did he place a bet and lose? Why were his friends suspicious of his version of the fight? Did he owe people money, a lot of money? The fence that he climbed over was barbed wire. So he was in such a panic that he climbed the barbed wire fence. Some witnesses said that he was seen talking to himself. This has led to comparisons that his case is as bizarre as the Elisa Lam case. Although sadly she was found dead, whereas of yet... Lars is not known to be dead. His behaviour before he disappeared, however, is perhaps just as strange as Elisa Lambs or Charles Allen Jr., otherwise known as Neo Babson, a Boston math student who phoned his parents as he was running through a wood after phoning his sister to tell her that he was being followed, was in terrible trouble and that the only way to save herself was to go to her parents fast. He too has never been found, and although in his case his parents said he did suffer from a form of mental disability at times, his behaviour had been completely normal prior to his disappearance. Then his entire email account was emptied by him or someone else, and he told his sister to look in the periodic table for answers. Then he simply vanished, leaving his shoes and backpack behind. In Lars' case, his mother put up a reward of €40,000 for information to find her son, and hired a private investigator who had been in the German Special Forces, and then a bodyguard to the Pope. Some newspapers in Bulgaria said that people came forward with information wanting to claim the reward, including, allegedly, a man who belonged to the local mafia. He said that he would find the person responsible one way or another. Though the beach resort is hugely popular with tourists wanting a relatively cheap European holiday, it is also said to have a seedy side to it. And it is true that Bulgaria is not known for its economic prosperity and there is certainly a lower standard of living there in Bulgaria than in other European cities such as France or Italy. And poverty does reside there, so too does higher crime. There's a black market there and other less desirable elements such as cheap drugs, and organised criminal gangs wishing to supply them. Who did he have the altercation with? Were they local men? Were they part of a gang? The type of gang that you would never want to draw the attention of. Were they also the men who he said were following him when he phoned his mother? Were they members of a gang in the hostel using it as a place from which to operate or intimidate, or worse? Had he accidentally messed with the wrong guys? And if so, did he think he had seen one of them at the airport? The airport worker who entered the doctor's office? Was it really a construction worker, as is the story, or someone who was intent on getting to Lars? perhaps for money, and was dressed as an airport construction worker. Lars had asked his mother to put a hold on his bank cards. When Lars had checked out of his hotel and gone to the cheaper hostel, perhaps he encountered the less desirable side of the resort, and perhaps, too, he unwittingly became a target. Although the hostel is advertised as a friendly family hostel, some local sources allege... It is also a place, like others there, where prostitutes live and operate from. Although the family of the missing man and his friends all said he rarely drank, held down a steady job and had never done drugs, a Bulgarian social worker, who said she shared a taxi with him after he fled the hostel, said that when she saw him that night, his pupils were very dilated a sign of some kind of drugs in his system then, quite possibly. That doesn't mean he took them voluntarily, of course, if he did have drugs in his system. The social worker said that the taxi stopped for him, despite already having her as a passenger, because he was waving frantically at the side of the road. A Bulgarian newspaper article published in 2015 almost a year after he'd disappeared, claimed that he had experience of travelling abroad before and he'd travelled alone before, but had never had any trouble prior to this. The paper then went on to allege that, reportedly during his holiday, three German women visited his room. The newspaper tracked the women down, who told them that he had behaved badly with them. Well, it's hard to know exactly what that's supposed to mean, given that it has been translated into English and may have lost or misinterpreted the meaning of what they said, of course, and, again, their opinions would be subjective. His bank account hasn't been touched since since he disappeared. Why did he flee the airport when armed police were stationed there close by? Had he lost his ability to reason? despite the fact that when he's captured on camera walking into the airport, he appears to walk calmly, confidently, and his body language does not display any obvious anxiety or paranoia. Although it is only a short clip, but still, one would not have said he appeared distressed. So whatever it was that caused him to exit the doctor's office in a panic, he did not feel that he could share this with any of the airport security staff nor the police there. What is strange... is what the private detective... Andreas Gudschik said about the case... he is still actively investigating. An airport... no matter what country... is safe. There are border police... regular police. If he was in danger... I think he would have sought help from the police. However... this did not happen and he escaped... We are looking for the cause of this reaction to leave so abruptly from the airport. He also made an interesting and cryptic statement. We are still checking the doctor. It is unlikely that a doctor would do a 40-minute diagnosis. Diagnoses will be 15 minutes at most. But Lars was with the doctor for 40 minutes. The doctor also allegedly said that Lars refused to take any medication from him, reacting by shouting, ''No, I don't want to die!'' before running out. The doctor was interrogated by police and by me at different times. His version of what happened were different, he said. One of the hypotheses about the behaviour of Lars at the airport is that during the holiday he'd taken drugs and the effect of the drugs had not passed out of his system. According to the private investigator, however, it's very possible that a drug was subtly placed into his drink. He said that his agency had received calls from other German tourists, suggesting this possibility, and telling them that this had happened to them while staying at the resort there on holiday. He says one caller said that he took In Thailand, a drug which for six weeks afterward gave him the feeling that he was followed and that the FBI wanted to kill him. Well, at this resort in Bulgaria, many drugs of this sort are sold and some can be dissolved in a drink, other theories have suggested the rather gruesome possibility of black market organ trading or sex trafficking. Well, in fact, there appears to have been cases of black market trading of organs in Eastern Europe, fueled by the poverty of the region and by ruthless criminal gangs who would allegedly be willing to supply the victims. During the Serbo-Croatian War, organ theft was allegedly proven to have taken place in Kosovo. It was referred to as the Yellow House case, and numbers of victims were alleged to have been in their hundreds. The victims were believed to have been abducted by criminal gangs allegedly related to the Kosovo Liberation Army in the late 1990s. The UN alleged that victims were chosen, kidnapped and taken to detention centres or private homes in Albania. Prosecutions didn't take place, however, as a lack of evidence hampered the claims. Did it take place? Prosecutors certainly thought it did, but they couldn't sufficiently prove it in the court of law. In 2016, the newspaper The Independent interviewed a migrant smuggler who supposedly told them refugees who cannot pay people smugglers are being sold for organs. Migrants from the Middle East or Africa, hoping to get to Europe by using illegal people traffickers to supply their transport, were sometimes discovering that the ruthless gangs they were putting their trust in would not hesitate to kill them and sell their organs if they failed to come up with the demanded sum to transport them. The newspaper interviewed a former smuggler, now serving time in prison, called Nurid Atta, said that those who failed to pay were sold for €15,000 to groups equipped for harvesting organs. Cypriot newspapers reported on Greek fishermen claims of finding bodies. They said that fishermen had told them, We see with our own eyes children and adults with sewn bellies. They disemboweled their organs in Turkey and then the traffickers dumped the bodies in international waters hoping the fish will finish their dirty work. While illegal refugees travelling without any paperwork, passports or any f- form of ID would be very easy to make disappear without their disappearances being reported to any police or authorities, a young German man from a middle class background would not be so easy to be disappeared without any follow up from his family, friends and the German authorities. So the likelihood of him being taken in the same way as these migrants is perhaps a lot less likely unless he was taken to order for a person with a specific requirement, let's say. Others who have become fascinated by this strange case have asked, what is his blood group? Conspiracy theories revolve around the Rh-negative blood group being a targeted group, hunted by not only black factions of governments, but by extraterrestrials too. Rh-negative being the rarest blood type in humans, and it being incompatible with other blood groups, to the extent that a pregnant woman who is expecting a second child must have an injection to stop the woman's body rejecting the fetuses incompatible with her own blood. And there's claims of RH-negative people being far more likely to be abducted by aliens and also far more likely to become targeted individuals. Speculation in Lars's case has also offered another chilling and horrific possibility, that a missing man could have become a captive and sacrificed in a kill room where people go, pay, to kill someone in whatever manner they choose, perhaps even filming it to sell the footage. This suggestion has been made by those who imagine the scenarios shown in the very popular horror porn movies of Hostel. For the former Special Forces soldier turned private investigator, however, he dismisses this all. Could it be likely he has been kidnapped for sale of his organs, he asks. Forget this, he says, because we checked three doctors in Varna. Nobody took blood from him, something that is required to use if becoming a donor. I think it is untenable to think that at all in the direction of kidnapping. If one were to doubt his capabilities as an investigator and as such his intelligence gathering, he points out... I have contacts in many secret services of different countries, among them MI6, Interpol, CIA, the German authorities, of course, and many others. I have a strong network of specialists. Well, one possible theory suggested by some is that it could be that the doctor he went to first, who gave him the antibiotics, and told him he could not fly, found him to be a very suitable candidate for organ harvesting young, fit and very healthy apart from his ear injury he would have been very good in terms of his internal organs and that could fetch a very high price this doctor then works in unison with a criminal gang he deliberately tells the young man he must not fly some have said a person could fly with the injury and that it would be less harmful than being at sea level while others disagree so the opinion appears to be very divided here but let's say A tail is put on him, while the doctor arranges a sale, and the criminal gang keeps tabs on his movements. Lars believes men are following him, and perhaps they really are. They feel no need to be discreet, in a town where people take drugs, party, get drunk. Inhibitions are lowered, people notice things less. Lars, however, has noticed, and leaves the hostel, calls his mother, says he is hiding from the men, and frantically flags down a taxi to get him out of there. Of course, this theory would also have to mean that the second doctor he saw at the airport was also in on the scheme and working with the first doctor, or that the airport worker who entered the doctor's office was the one who was in in on it and wanted to find out what was happening to the man whose organs were going to be taken to make them lots of money, or perhaps he was going to be sold, to be kept a slave for trafficking. If it was that the second doctor was in on the screen, then that would explain why Lars apparently cried out, I don't want to die. And that the doctor was attempting to inject him with a sedative. So Lars doesn't know who to turn to. If a doctor and a man dressed in an airport uniform are trying to get to do this to him, who can he trust? Can he trust the airport security? Can he trust the police? So Lars leaves in a panic. However, there's a huge flaw in this theory. The doctor, if he'd been attempting to inject a sedative into him, would hardly then have told the police about Lars' outburst, saying, I don't want to die. That doesn't make any sense. That would be implicating him. Well, theories and speculation, with some evidence to back up the possibilities such as the black organ trafficking or the drugs slipped into his drinks, have long been modus operandi of criminals and perhaps the most reliable information can be gleaned from the words of the private eye and his own findings. In 2015, he said, we have very serious information. In particular, we have two addresses in persons in Varna, Bulgaria, for which we have data that are related to the disappearance and probable murder of Lars. We found a communication from them to others who, we have reason to believe, are also involved. What would be the motive of these people to kill him? I suppose the most likely motive would be money. The Private Eye says, We think it is possible he had contact with a criminal gang that was dealing drugs and it cost him his life. An international criminal group. This one guy gave us very precise and detailed information and the likelihood of him to deceive is void. He just would not know all the facts and circumstances that he gave relating to Lars if he hadn't been in contact with him or seen him after his disappearance. The informant, however, is very frightened because he is in the vicinity of this crime group even more crucially the private detective says we have information from his mother that he has in principle had an unstable psyche and long term insomnia and this included during his stay at the resort he subjected himself to serious alcohol marathons with other tourists and he had difficulty sleeping it's no secret that many young tourists here take synthetic drugs to induce euphoria we found that the resort and varna sell manufactured drugs just for this particular purpose for these parties we examined what the reaction was after using this drug and we found that the consequences are very similar to the state of lars before his disappearance we know that he took drugs because we checked So it would appear that we have some very crucial information here that his mother says he has been mentally unstable in the past and according to the private detective he had taken drugs on holiday there. And an informer, a low-level thug of a street group connected to an international criminal gang as also reported by newspapers in Bulgaria came forward to say... They had information as to where Lars was. Another low-level thug also came forward to newspapers in Bulgaria claiming that Lars had been killed and the informer claimed the young man had become embroiled in a drugs gang. The detective thinks this is the most likely scenario. He believes that Lars could still be alive, however, adding that he knew of many cases where tourists had gone to resorts in Europe and taken drugs and disappeared for a while, but been found again. I think what doesn't make sense to me in all of this case is why an adult male would not simply buy a ticket, or in the case of Lars, because he'd asked his mother to put his credit cards on lockdown, she'd actually purchased a a plane ticket for him. So why did he simply not just get that flight? Why would he feel he had to get permission from a doctor to fly? To board a plane, a medical certificate is not required and no questions are ever asked about a person's health before they're allowed through the departure gate and onto the plane. So what would make him think that he needed to get another doctor's permission to fly? He supposedly had travelled on his own before and flown before. No one at an airline check-in desk or a departure gate would have had any clue that he had an ear infection. So what would make him think that he needed to go to a doctor to be cleared and allowed to fly? When he ran out of the airport that day, he didn't appear to be in a blind panic. Yes, he was running fast, But when you look at the CCTV, he stops then he pauses. His hand reaches into his back pocket, as though to grab for his phone, and then he jogs away. He doesn't flee in a blind panic, he jogs. So it was almost as though he had somewhere that he had to be, as though someone or some people were expecting him, as though people had summoned him. So again, had someone threatened him, his life, his family... Had someone got something on him? Was he being told he had to get to a destination or else? If the tracker dogs were unable to pick up his scent and he had climbed the fence and run through the woods as he had done and had he got into a car? So had he left there? Did he have no choice but to do as whoever had told him? Was he being forced into a situation that he had no way of getting out of? And if so, what did these people have on him? If he could not go to the police for help, were they threatening his family? Was it a gang who had the kind of power to put the fear of God in him, to make him do whatever they told him to and to lead him off to his death? Was this a group hunting humans in a hectic beach resort? Had they targeted him from the beginning, when they first saw him alone outside of McDonald's, and closed in on him? Was he sold into a black market sex ring or a kill room? But if so, why weren't more young tourists going missing? Or did they expand their search over several regions, across countries, across Europe, in order to keep the heat off? So that the police didn't notice that there was a pattern here? Or were some of the police in on it anyway? taking bribes in a country of low economic prosperity. Were the police a part of this arrangement anyway? Reports from the European Commission allege that Bulgaria is a place of corruption. A survey in 2011 showed that it was the experience of one in four ordinary Bulgarians routinely offering money or favours to the police Judges, customs officers, and even doctors, if they needed their problems sorted out. We also have to consider, perhaps, the possibility that Lars had been blackmailed or bullied into becoming a drug smuggler, a drugs mule. His bags were searched, presumably, of course, by the police at the airport when he went missing. And no drugs were found there in his bags. But the common procedure for drugs meals quite often can be to swallow the drugs whilst travelling so that they're inside the body in transit. Had he been forced to do that? Or is this all getting wildly out of proportion? And... Just the realm of of conspiracy and fantasy. Was it a case that he hadn't eaten much, perhaps he was dehydrated, had a bit of alcohol, sleep deprivation, partied too hard, become confused with the antibiotics, and it's as simple as that. But then again, if so, where is he? A witness came forward to say that they believed they'd seen him three days after he disappeared, about 90 kilometres away. Could it possibly have been him? But again, if so, where is he now? You'll find me a Patreon for exclusive episodes. That's Patreon, P A T R E O N dot com slash Steph Young Podcast.